0: you with the fifth uh, Hot Corner podcast. We have an awesome guest in today. Uh, super coincidental that I wore my A stuff. I actually didn't mean to, but um, Oakland Athletics catching prospect Matt Cross. He's a trainer at Hot Corner. Uh, we're really super excited to have him on here today. Um, we're going to go over pretty much everything that we can in regards to his youth development, um, his path from you know all the way down from 9U all the way through professional baseball and where he's at now. Uh, what they're doing in the catching world and then how he works with our athletes at Hot Corner and how we develop our youth catchers because he's done a lot of work with them. Um, so things like that. So first off, Matt, I just want to thank you for coming on here today. Um, talk a little bit about yourself, where you're at, kind of, uh, you know, what you're thinking about with this whole quarantine thing and and where the A's are, are seeing that you're going to be kind of this year and moving forward.
1: Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, Ron. Um, uh, the quarantine has kind of been a little tedious, you know, doing all my work inside. Uh, can't really been getting outside lately. Uh, but the A's have me, we've been just doing yoga, stuff like that. Um, mostly body lifting, a lot of stretching, arm care, stuff like that. But, uh, if we want to get right into the, uh, jump up through the nine you and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, sure. That's perfect. So, so I know for a lot of the young guys, like what we talk about with them is, kind of how like a lot of kids think that they have, and I talked in the last podcast with Casey about a lot of kids think that they need to play on these A teams and they need to go and do these huge tournaments all over the country. And um, you know, they have to play on this national team in order to get looked at. And you know, the cool thing about your path is I remember when I was at NU recruiting you and you ended up going to N trip and things like that. Um, Like we talked with Casey Niagara County community college, but you know, what did you do in youth development? Like what made you so good when you were younger, you guys played on a really good local Titans team. Um, you know, and, and for those of you who don't know who the Titans are, they actually are not even really an organization anymore. Um, but the, your teams were absolutely stacked. I think you guys have guys that are still playing, but like you guys weren't stacked because you had kids coming from all over the country. You know, you were stacked because of how, so what did you guys do? You know, when you were nine all the way up through, let's say right before high school with your Titans teams that made you guys really good and kind of, how was your development through that?
1: Well, 9U, I was actually still playing uh, house ball. Okay. And then my coach, Joe Lankosass, came up to me one day at my brother's baseball game, actually. And he goes, hey, uh, you ever interested in playing on travel ball? And I was just like, I have no idea what travel ball is. It was like the first year for it. So he sent me to this tryout for the Titans. And then I actually made the team. Obviously, it was, I was not the best one. I mean, I don't think I was ever the best one on the team. And um, he worked us like crazy. I mean, we would do a thousand sit-ups, thousand push-ups, uh, sprints all the time during every single practice. And he treated us like we were already in college, but we were 10 years old. Yep. And we ended up going that year. We ended up going to the Cooperstown Championship game and losing in a championship game. But he worked the crap out of us. It was like seven days a week practices for 8 hours a day. He treated us like we were already professional baseball players because he went through it too. So that's what I kind of figured out where the hard work can, kind of came from. Cuz you can't think that hard work comes from oh uh it's like overnight, you know, oh, I'm just going to work hard tomorrow and then it fades off in a week. No, you got to you got to get into that mindset real soon. You got to get into it like now. And if you want to keep working hard, you got to keep going up, going up, going up. Like, like I said, I was never the best on my team anywhere for from Titans all the way to the Thunderwolves. I mean, I was always trying to, you know, work my hardest. I was always in the weight room trying to prove myself, trying to prove myself. When I got up to high school, it was I never got one scholarship out of high school. Not one. I think it was a couple d 3s looking at me and then that was it. So and then uh, Matt Klingersmith, he actually said, hey, Matt, if you want to come play for me, then come ahead. And then I did work my butt off in the weight room, Got gained 50 pounds in two years, got my strength. And uh, Pitt actually called me and gave me a scholarship to go to Pittsburgh University. And I was pretty happy about that. And then, But that didn't work out because I did the draft instead. So right. it was just basically hard work, 24-7, not taking one day off. You got to have that hunger.
0: Right, and I, and I think the one thing that we can take away from this, too, is a lot of kids that are playing that want to make it to where you and Charlie and all these other guys have gotten to, like, they may want to get there, but there's a difference in wanting to get there and having the drive and the determination to actually work there. Like, like for instance, you could have – and I, and I was a coach that, you know, at Niagara, we could have very easily given you a scholarship. I didn't get to go ahead to do that, right? But, like, we could have done that. You could have taken that situation and been like, yeah, screw it, I'm going to quit. Or – I'm not going to continue to play. I've worked my whole life to get here, and it hasn't worked. I mean, think about it. Like, you worked hours and hours and hours from 12 years old all the way through 18. You had no scholarships. You went to end trip, which is a Division three junior college. Now, you guys are an absolute powerhouse, and I said that in the last group, but you went to end trip, and still, you know, nothing guaranteed, right? You finally get a little bit of a break with Pitt, and then the draft calls, and and that, thing, that whole thing happens with the A's, which has been obviously an awesome opportunity for you. But – you know, the one thing we can teach a lot of the kids, and we talk about it at Hot Corner a lot, but the one thing that we can teach a lot of these kids is it's going to be pretty hard. And so you really have to love it. And the one thing that I notice with when you guys are still hitting, like even on the frustrating days, you still enjoy the game. You still enjoy playing. And there are going to be days whenever they're it's not great. And, and honestly, right now you're catching 95 miles sinking fastballs and legit sliders and splits and all this stuff. Like – you have to really enjoy it. You have to really love what you're doing in order to continue to work as hard as you guys are. And the cool thing that I'm seeing even during this quarantine with you guys is you are still figuring out a way to stay busy. It's hard, you yes. know, like, oh, yeah. like, like, honestly, and, and let's be completely real. Like you probably wouldn't overly do yoga on your own, but you know that for you to actually stay fit and actually do something that's going to keep you ready for the season, that's an opportunity that's there for you and you're doing it. So where a lot of kids will be like, oh, screw that. I'm not doing yoga because I don't really want to. You know, you're using it as an opportunity to stay in shape for whenever they do give you the call that you have to go down there and actually start to train. So, you know, I I really like the idea of the youth development. I really, really like the idea of, of when you were 12 years old, a lot of parents think that three times a week practice is a lot. You know, if we can give them any knowledge out here, like, okay, so college days, you're you're four or five hours every single day, mm-hmm. six days a week. And the only reason why it's not seven is because you're not allowed. And if we were allowed, there would be seven days of four to five hours every single day. And that's minimum.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're
0: only doing the minimum, you're not getting on the field. I can guarantee you that. It's just like going to your job. If you go to your job for three hours a day, you're probably not gonna have that job that long. You know, so so realistically, it's taking that work ethic with these young guys and pushing them to really drive and and mm-hmm. have the determination to get better because as they get older, they're gonna get there. So I really like that path. I mean, and, and Joe Winklesass has done a really good job with your group of guys. Like, you know, you're still playing. You were on that team. LG Castillo, who's with the Brewers, was on that team. Um, Charlie Mack, you know, who's with the Twins, was on that team. I mean, I, you can name every, probably everybody else, but those are the three that really come to my mind right now they are still playing baseball. It's not a secret, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't change the system. He just made you guys work, and you guys loved it, and you grew to love it, and, and you guys are, are where you're at today because of that. So That's the so-
1: biggest thing right there is – when we went to the field every single day for five hours a day, six hours a day, it wasn't – we didn't see it as practice or we didn't see it as, like, oh, we have to go to practice and stuff like that. We saw it as, like, oh, my God, I get to see my teammates. We're going to have a ball. Like, it's fun. When we were 10 years old, 11 years old, like we're trying to have fun while playing the game at the same time but also get our work in. Like, we also were reminded by our coaches that – we need to still work, but also have fun at the same time. Like baseball, if, if you lose the fun for baseball, it it's not a fun game.
0: Yeah, stop playing because there's so much failure that happens in it, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an incredible amount of failure. So the two things that you said that I really like, number one, you got to love showing up every day. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to love showing up every day. And you know what, dude? Like I'm telling you right now, I would wake up some mornings and when I was in college and even summer ball, like summer ball, you're playing 60 games in or, or seventy games in eighty-five or ninety days or so—it's crazy. Yeah. And and like, there are some days you wake up and your body hurts really bad, and you just went over four the night before, and you're in a little bit of a skid, and you got to figure it out. And if you like, for me, I'm I'm okay with going over four because I get to at least put my cleats on that day and step on the field. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine with it. But like, if you start if you start actually not enjoying the over fours and you start hating going to practice, maybe it's time it's time to rethink what you want to do. Um, and the second thing is the culture that you guys created. So, like, it's been really cool to see you and Charlie still hang out even today. Mm. Like, you work at Hot Corner. Like, it's, it's really cool for me because I've learned what you guys – I wasn't around you guys when you were 12. But, like, it's really cool to see you guys were teammates at 12. You obviously went to different high schools. You played on different travel teams. You know, you stayed local. He went out and he played on the national scale. Um, and you guys still play with Thunderwolves together sometimes. And then you guys go to, he, you go to college, he doesn't. You're in the exact same draft, right? And you work at Hot Corner and you hit together all the time. Like, it is super cool to see that it wasn't that you guys were just teammates. Like, you actually like each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and you guys are pushing each other to work harder. Like, and you and I have had this conversation before. Like, the best decision that you made was, was hitting with him every day again. You know? And, and yeah. the best decision for him, because he doesn't want to take 5,000 swings a day, is to have somebody else that he enjoys hitting with hit with him every day. You know, and, and you guys being able to do that together is so valuable. I think it's so let's talk about your path through pro baseball. Um, you know, obviously it's it's different for everybody. I know that there's a local guy that's actually, you know, on the 40 man for the A's right now. Um, Jonah Heim, like you guys are both catchers. So, like, it's it's kind of cool to see how catchers are starting to develop through um, Buffalo and Buffalo's kind of big with catchers right now. Um, you know, but for you guys, like what's the what's the pro baseball world like, like for a lot of these young kids that don't get it? You know, and, and they shouldn't because they're obviously not there. But what's pro baseball like? Like, what's, what's the days? What are the days like? What's spring training like? What's instructs like? You know, what are the flights from one level to the next level? You're there for three days. Like, what's that whole world like? And, and how are you adapting to all that stuff?
1: It's a, that's a crazy world. Uh, I'll start off with spring training. So spring training, as soon as you get there, first day, 15 bullpens the first day. Uh, yeah. It starts at 6 o'clock in the morning. And then you got BP, you got team defense, you got to get your workouts in. And then after that, you still have a baseball game to play. So it's a lot of people just see that the baseball game or the BP before. And it's maybe the BP is like an hour before the game. But we actually get there at least six hours, I'd say, before the game and actually prepare mentally and physically for the game. So I'd have to say that's with all season, too. So all season, we have our practice day, and then we have a relax, like right in the middle for our lunch and stuff to mentally prepare ourselves. And then we have BP and then the game. So it's all day, every single day, where we get up, we go to the field, do a practice, eat, BP, game. Do it again the next day. We rarely have any off days. We have to stay in the mindset of, yes, I want to I wanna, I wanna go to the field and spend all day at the field, and I want to play this game. Instead of oh god, like, I got I got another game today. I, I'm not you know I'm not feeling good. You got to push through that. It does not it does not matter. You're playing 120 games in a season. It does not matter if you are tired. You got to just find a way. Right. It, yeah. You can't. It's 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 so defeating when you know mentally that you're not in the game because now you know like oh god I'm gonna go 0 for today. You already you're already mentally out of it. You got to find that switch where you can turn it on. And get yourself going again.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's big. And that's great. It's great that you said that. Like, for those of the, those people, I was, I was a catcher in my first, my one year as a catcher. Like, the one thing that I'll take away from it was, like, dude, <laughs> it's not even the work that you're doing in the game, it's the stuff that you're doing outside of it, man. Like, you got like, 15 bullpens a day. Like, come on. And you're probably catching, dude, some guys are legit and some guys have no idea where they're throwing the baseball. Like, no. you know what I mean? Some guys are throwing 100 and some guys are throwing 90. You know what I mean? So it's, so it's crazy that the difference that you guys have to understand when it comes to staff and things like that. Um, you know, so, so spring training's over and you finally get your, you know, where you're going to start. Right. So let's say, you know, let's, let's start with, with the Arizona league. Cause you guys, cause that's kind of, you're pretty familiar with the Arizona league. So let's say you start in Arizona league. What's that? What's that like? I mean, you stay obviously where you're at, but like, what's that like you know how are the like do you guys play every single day like how many off days do you have a month do you have like one off day a month and and stuff like that like and how do you get promoted like how does the promotion stuff kind of happen because a lot of people you know look at it like i have i have some a lot of guys will say to me all the time oh you know where's matt and charlie they're in triple already and it's like whoa they got drafted in 2018 like yeah, you know let's yeah. down a little bit if they were if they were in in triple right now those guys are like who you're going to, they're going to win MVPs. Like that. that's, you don't move that fast through pro baseball. So so what's it like and what are the levels like and how do you kind of get promoted? Like how's that whole thing work?
1: So yeah, my first year I was in the Arizona league and the Arizona league is kind of like the beginner's league where when you first get drafted, that's where you get sent. So the days were a little bit, I mean, I would say a little harder than the uh, affiliates because it's 115 degrees in Arizona in summertime. And that just beats down on you. And when you get there at 12 o'clock, you do not stop moving outside until game time, which is 7 o'clock. So it's seven hours straight through the day outside. And then you have the game right afterwards. You go home, maybe relax, do some stretches, stuff like that. And then the next morning, you wake up, do it all over again. So we would go four days. This is Arizona League has the most rest. It's four days and then an off day. So you'd play four games in a row with practices every single day, and then you would have one off day after that, and then restart. I think Arizona League was sixty games plus playoffs, and um, it it gets it gets a little hot after after like a couple months, you know. Yep. And then affiliates, affiliates, I've been to my short or my short season A Vermont team and my Stockton Ports team, and Vermont I. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I it felt like home to me. It was, you know, right in Vermont. And um, those days were fun. And I got to go to the field every single day. And my clubhouse, we just sat in the clubhouse, had fun. We had a little bit of a practice before work. It's not too much of a practice, but you still got to get your pregame working. And then we would take BP. And then as soon as we take BP, go back in the clubhouse, get changed, come back out, you got thousands of fans right there. And it's just... A totally different atmosphere. You just walk out and everyone's like, oh, how are you? Like, hey, can I have an autograph? It's, it, it really makes me feel like I'm in the MLB. It's it's, like, it's, it's unexplainable how, how like the feeling is. And then um, with the stock and ports, at high A. That was actually probably the easiest because when we would get there, everyone knew their work. So as soon as you got there, you got your work in and then it's just time to relax. You can take BP if you want to. Everybody did. And then Right. As soon as game time happened, you got out there, you played that game. And then if after that, that was it. You yeah. It again.
0: And, I, and I kind of feel like and I've heard this multiple times. I had a couple buddies that have gone through the A's organization. I've had a couple buddies through the Blue Jays, um, you know, Charlie with the twins. It just kind of seems like every level that you go up, I'm not saying that the, the talent is better. So I'm not saying that the game's easier. I feel like it's easier for guys because when you go to high A and you go to double A, Everybody already understands the expectation. You know, pitchers are actually throwing strikes consistently. Like, like they can command multiple pitches in the zone. Um, where, like, honestly, and I don't know, this probably isn't for everybody, but I know in rookie ball and, like, short season, like, you still have guys that are throwing 100 behind you. You still got guys that are throwing sliders that are at you consistently because they don't have a feel for their pitches. And a lot of those guys are developing. But, like, it just kind of seems like that every level that you go up, it seems like the games seem to be a little bit more fun because – you you can actually plan for a guy that you're going to face and you already know what your expectation is so it's a little bit easier you know so so there's a ton of levels and I know that I mean all this talk about major league baseball getting rid of you know certain certain levels of baseball but there's but there's rookie ball there's short season or rookie advanced league so for you it's short season for Charlie it was advanced rookie ball then you go to full season A right so now we're at three levels right mm-hmm. and you go to advanced A which is four levels and then you go to Double A, which is the fifth level. And then you go to A, which is the sixth level. So there's six levels of minor league baseball. That doesn't include Dominican Summer League, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's six levels of, of minor league baseball. Like, can you jump levels? Like, is it possible to jump levels? Like, what's, what's that whole process like?
1: Yeah, so when I was in my short season, I actually got sent back down to my rookie ball team. And then about uh, two weeks later, I got sent up to high A and i was like let's go i mean i was far, after i got sent down like i i got a fire lit under my butt and i was like dude let's go we have to we have to keep pushing we have to show them that we should not be here and then i got sent up and i was like that's what i'm talking about like it's it's time so on the plane ride there i was just like man this isn't it like you got to keep you got to keep pushing you want to try and go for aa you want to try and go for aaa and then i'm gonna be one day i mean it, you can't just be content with what you're at you got to keep working and keep pushing to where you want to be, and I mean, no one's ever content with it. I mean, if I go to the MLB, I want to be an MVP. If I'm an MVP, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. It's yep. just, it's just the way of the road. And then once, once you get called up, it's, it's like you, something comes over you, and you're just like, this is time to show what I actually have because they're yep. giving me the opportunity that I need to show them that I'm actually the baseball player I am.
0: Right. So, so you've played one full season in pro baseball. You, you played, you played at kind of a half a season after you were drafted the first year and then you played one full season and, and you're starting to learn and adapt to that level of baseball, right? And you and I have done so much work in regards to the catching and the hitting side of things. What do you think the biggest learning experience you take away performance wise? Like, what are you doing in the off season? Like this is a huge learning experience for every young kid to, to take away from you have a season you take the off-season train. Like, what was your big focus this off-season, and and what are the A, what do the A's think about where
1: you're at right now? Well, you got to think of what did you do last season. Right. So last season, or my first season, first full season, I was very pole side, and my bat path was very pole. So me and you actually worked on this. We tried getting my bat path through up the middle, and also I was cutting myself off with my legs. So my, I lengthened out my stride, got my hips using more, and that was more, like I'd say, uh, hitting on the I'd say on the hitting side, but you also have to think about your body, and you have to prepare yourself for the 120 game season. You can't just sit on your, you know, you can't just sit on your couch all day and eat chips and play video games and think, oh, I'm going to be ready for 120 games. No, you still have to be doing your rehab your arm care, you have to still be stretching, still do everything you have to, to prepare yourself. It, it, the season, There's never really an off season. Right. The off season is just called the off season because there's no games that you're playing. It's just right. you're preparing yourself again and again and again, over and over again. Baseball doesn't stop. It right. just keeps going. Yeah, so
0: like the cool thing with you is that we've, we've done a huge transformation with your swing. And, and, and for anybody who um, in Buffalo or anybody that is listening to this, Spectrum News just actually did a thing on you, um, and the actual title is, you know, Matt Cross excited about his new look swing, you know, with the A's or something like that. You know, it was pretty cool to to watch that and actually see that video last night. But um, it just kind of seems like we're, we're you're you're learning how to be a pro athlete, you know. So every level that you go to, you actually learn, um, you know, how to adapt in that level. Like so, so for me, for instance, and my coach always used to say that I was in awe of division one baseball. Well, of course I was, because I never played division one baseball before. I was a high school athlete. So when I got to college, I was like, whoa, you know, all these dudes are good. And then it was like, okay, how can I get myself on the field? What do I need to do to adapt my body? So I wasn't strong enough. So I needed to get stronger. You know, once I did that, I was on the field. My arm always carried me. But once once I learned how to get stronger, I got on the field. And then it was like, how do I stay here? You know, so it seems like for you, you know, and you've gone through a huge transformation body-wise too. Like I, I want people to understand that too. Like everybody has this perception that catchers can just be these big dudes that don't do anything. Like you're in really good shape right now, and and that's going to get you through that season. By the way, you know what I mean because when your body is not in a great in great shape, then what happens is you break down once you once you run out of energy supply. You know, but you you have done a lot of work physically to yourself this off season. You've done a lot of swing work. You know, which has helped you kind of get ready. So I actually like, and, and I know the A's are pretty excited about this, right? Like they, they said that you came back and you look, you look really good, right? So they're pretty excited about it. Um, I read that in the article yesterday and I didn't even know that, you know, Matt and I talk every single day pretty much, but you know, I didn't even know that they were that excited about where he was at. But the conversations that I had with Matt were, you know, last year, a lot of the hits that you were getting were over third base or you were pulling over, you're you know, hitting some balls over the fence, but everything was kind of to the shortstop and left of the shortstop. And even in beat your BP rounds, like you started hitting the ball left center, right center, you're hitting the ball outside of right field. Like you're you're hitting Oppo bombs in BP, you know down there, they see those things, guys. And so for a lot of people listening in, like yeah, Matt's a pull side bomb guy. If you miss in, he's gonna get loose on, he's you. probably gonna lose the baseball and have to get a new one. But by him working on learning how to hit the ball to right side of the field, now he becomes more of a threat because he can still get a hit that way. Right. And so they go away first at bat. Let's say you go backside double off the right center field wall next at bat. Pitcher's probably like, hey, maybe I'll go in on them. That's when you can have some fun. And I think for a lot of the guys in here, like we can't be one sided athletes. And and honestly, like I've learned this with you is, is you were able to get to professional baseball by doing some of this stuff. But now it's like, how do I stay here? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are you are considered one of the better Catching prospects in their organization. I've heard multiple times about how you do a really good job receiving. How your are catching is is probably one of your better parts of the game. Um, you've done a lot of work with your arm. Your arm's actually in really good shape right now. Um, but you know, so what are some things? There's there's two ways to catch now, and we'll kind of lead right into this. Is is there's the old school way with your traditional primary secondary positioning, and then now like Charlie brought this to us, and and this is something that your organization is actually starting to go to now is. When it comes to catching, the one knee stuff is, is kind of a big deal. So what do you guys do? How do you adapt to it? And what would you say to all the youth guys out here? And even some of the pro guys are listening because because the professional athletes that are listening to this understand adaptability too. you can't just be a uh, you have to be a versatile catcher. Mm-hmm. So so what are you doing? You know, a traditional catching versus like the new wave of catching um, and how how is your organization kind of adapting to that?
1: So, yeah, this past uh, as soon as I went to spring training, my catching coach came up to me and he was like, yes, yes. Uh, We're going to start implementing the one knee down, but only in a primary position because we're still we're still uh, our catching organization still harps on blocking the ball, throwing guys out, um, you know, make sure everything stays in front of you. Don't look lazy. But when there's nobody on and less than two strikes, it's all about your comfortable position. You can be whatever position you want, whatever helps you receive better. But uh, once that two strike hits, you got to be ready to block that ball that's in the dirt or, you know, you got to be ready for anything. Basically, you know, pop fly. If you're on a knee looking lazy and there's a pop fly, I mean, how am I, how am I supposed to get there fast enough? Right. So we've been taking on the new school, but also still staying with the new school at at, uh, at appropriate times. Gotcha. People on base, you know, stuff like that. But the new school stuff, it feels like the easiest way to receive for me. it. it Completely clears my whole arm. I can get those low pitches way better, those high pitches outside inside it's 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 definitely going to be a part of the game very soon, like
0: yeah, I think so and, and and Tanner Swanson, who is he was with the um yeah he was with the twins now he's with the Yankees, he's a guy who's actually working with Gary Sanchez. he kind of started implementing this right like he was kind of the guy that like really really got this going um so the Minnesota twins organization and probably the Yankees now they actually do everything from one knee. Um, it's kind of the new wave it, to be honest with you, when I play around with it, like it actually seems like it's easier on the body too. Yeah. It seems like it's way easier on the body. You do have to have some type of flexibility and mobility within your body to actually get down to those positions. But like, it does seem like it's a lot easier to get there. It seems like it's a lot less stress. Um, you know, so you said that your organization is really big on blocking and throwing guys out, you know, do you guys do a lot of work with like, I mean, blocking consistently, it takes a toll on your body, and I know that from, like, experience. So do you guys implement that every day? Do you do that a couple times a week? You know, throwdowns and things like that. Do you guys work on throwing from the knees, throwing from your feet, throwing to all three types of bases? You know, do you do do you have a coach that throws them to you? You know, do you use a machine? Like, what are some like, – I know we, we use a machine all the time this winter, but, like, what are you guys doing, you know, for development for that kind of stuff? Like, like what's your catching practices kind of like?
1: So – we would actually have three different catching practices. So the first okay. one would be the bullpens. It would be just us getting our receiving done and actually seeing a live arm. And then after that would be an individual catching. So it will probably do either receiving, transfers, throwing the bases, or blocking. or So that would probably happen three three times a week where we would do the same thing. And then the next week after that, it would be like three times of blocking. So it's, it's um, we, we get it done. We get, we get it done uh, around like, yeah, three times a day. So we would throw to a base um, and then our, our catching coach would throw it to us. We, we never really worked on throwing from one knee. Okay. Yeah. So it was basically just pickoffs, the back throw to first uh, throw down to third and throw down to second. And then we'd do some pot flies, maybe do some blocking. The only time we really did blocking was when when someone didn't block during a game. so And then we got beat up for that. We'd block 95-mile-an-hour fastballs right in our face. So, yep. And then yep. uh, we would just do regular receiving and then regular transfers from the machine with no throws.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I want to go into, and the last thing before we get into, like, really why I'm excited about this with the youth guys that you're working with, but um you know how much of like do you guys call your own game like is that what they do and then and then on top of that how much of catching is instinctual like for instance I know a lot of catchers at least that I have, have talked to in the past the youth guys they're nervous to backpick a base because they don't want to throw in a center field or they don't want to throw it in a right field and then you know guys are going all over the place so like for you how much of the game is instinctual and then when it comes to calling a game like how have you gotten better at that because I know a lot of like a lot of youth coaches are just going to call pitches, and like I guess that's okay if you're like you're in a championship game and you like really really need to win and you don't trust your catcher. But like, how do you how do you learn that? Like, when did did you call your whole game your whole life? You know, how did you kind of go about all that?
1: So my first time I actually caught or I called my first game was actually high school, and that is a totally different animal compared to uh, the pros. It's it's basically nothing. I mean, I could call six fastballs right in a row and. They would all swing straight through him because we had a couple pitchers that would throw 84, maybe 85. But that never really helped me learn until I actually got to the pros because I never called my own game in college. I uh, had a catch or had a pitching coach for that. But when I got to the pros, my catching coach, we we'd sit down in the classroom so much and just talk about calling a pitch and when to do it and like the the where he's setting up in the box and what is this hitter and what kind of what type of hitter he is. So it took, I mean, I'm not, I'm not no perfectionist at it, but I'm still learning it right now, but it took me a, a solid year just to figure out the mental side of calling the game. My first year, I was kind of, I was kind of shook. I I didn't really know how to call any of these professional hitters because these guys are coming from big D ones and I can't just call a fastball outside and then another fastball outside and then break up a curveball. It's way too predictable. It's, it's just, that's the way a lot of people think of it, but it's it it goes into so much more depth. And the way uh, the way we scout now, and the way, like I said, he sets up in the box. If he's a pull hitter, if he's an apple hitter, if he's late, if he's early, um, it, the the situation in the game is big too. Because if I if he's if there's a guy on first and third, and it's an O2 count, and I break up a curveball and it bounces wrong, there's a run in. So I probably elevated fastball with that, but it's 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 so many different situations and stuff like that. But the other side of catching is the mentality of you want to be the warrior back there. You want to don't be afraid. It's just you can't be afraid when you're catching. If you're afraid to get hit by the ball when you're blocking, I don't. I don't think catching's for you because that's that's basically what it is. You get you get smacked in the throat. You get smacked in the forearm or the wrist. You got to be able to. Not show any pain. you got to be able to say, oh, that didn't hurt whatsoever. I'm going to be able to throw this guy out this next pitch. Right. And trust. you got to trust yourself. If you don't have trust in yourself, then why are you playing this game? Right. If you don't have no trust, then how, how am I going to be able to make that play down to back pick the first base? Or how am I going to trust myself to throw a seed down to second or trust myself on blocking this pitch? It's all about trust. It's all about that mentality of having the warrior and the, the no pain – it's just, it's just the animal you have to have inside of you,
0: right? And then, and then another thing leading on top of that, which I really like about this whole thing, and I, I listened to so Swanny, Tanner Swanson, and Austin Barn, Austin, Austin Barnes, and Will Smith, who are the Dodgers catchers, and then the uh, catching coach for the Dodgers. He runs the Twitter handle um, Catch and Throw. So for the guys that are listening in, go follow him. He's awesome. He's actually the Dodgers coordinator. So um, those four guys were in a are pod- in a Zoom call, and I was listening in. And, and the cool thing that they said, and this is kind of exactly off of your point, is catchers don't – you're not going to get credit. Like, believe me, like, you're not going to get any credit. Like, you could block 75 balls a game and save every single – like, you could save 10 runs that day, and you're not getting credit. You just did your job, right? But then but, but then when you miss one, oh, you're going to hear about it. The so, catcher.
1: The catchers that go unnoticed and go under the radar are the best catchers.
0: They're the best catchers. I don't even want to know you're there. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't want to
0: know you're there. But at the end of the day, you're sticking pitches and you're getting calls. You're blocking everything and you're throwing guys out. And I was watching a video last night of Wilson Contreras. And he was catching Lester. And Lester obviously has an issue with guys stealing bases. So he actually does a lot more back picks during those games because he wants to keep those guys closer to first base. And and this is an in-depth way to – talk about this but he back picked the guy threw the guy out huge situation he didn't even he didn't even put any emotion into it I think he gave like a little minor fist pump because the hard part about catchers is you need to find the gritty grindy get in the trenches kind of guy who doesn't care what happens who's able to take criticism you know and at the end of the day you're kind of at the mercy of the pitcher and you have to figure out what's going to work for him you know if he doesn't like your relax like your relaxation move and that's a conversation you got to have. Maybe when you catch that guy, you got to change it up a little bit. But like, that's the tough part about catching. And, and the reason why I like having you on here is because you are no bull crap when it comes to catching stuff. And that's the easiest way to put it. And that's why I like you because for me, I'm the same way with my guys. But you do it in a way where, like, you're a professional catcher. It's easy for you to have that conversation with a kid. Where for me, I'm just you know Coach Ron in hot corner. You know, so so like leading into that, like, what have you done with? With all of our catchers at Hot Corner, like, what have you done with them? Not only to help them mentally, because I know that obviously there's a grind to this whole thing. How do you help them mentally? And then what have you done with a lot of them physically to help them kind of get better within their catching? Because it seems like every single catcher that has worked at our place has gotten significantly better. You know, and even I see like Joe Mack, who Charlie's younger brother, Joe, he's probably going to go in what, top two or three rounds next year oh. in the draft. Like, you even help him with some of the stuff that he's doing. Like, you guys will talk a lot about receiving and and positioning and things like that so when it comes to like the eight nine year old catchers that you've worked with all the way up through you know the highest level of possible seniors and even you and charlie when you guys work together you know what's your development system like what have you done with a lot of guys and i'll get into the certifications that we're doing a little bit later but but what is the like what do you work on with our guys that's, that's helped them kind of get better what are your staples on what you like to do
1: i beat them down i i completely beat them down mentally i don't it you can't take praise when you're a catcher because yeah. when's the last time that you heard if a pitcher throws a no-hitter? When's the last time you heard, oh that catcher called a great game?
0: Right. You don't. Pitcher. Yeah, pitchers are awesome.
1: Or if a shortstop makes a phenomenal play, oh that shortstop made a great play. You'll never see a catcher make a great play and have he get praised by it. You got to make sure that nothing breaks you, nothing hurts you, nothing at all, mentally, physically, whatever. So you got to think to yourself, I suck at this game, and I got to do whatever it takes to keep that straight face, and nobody phases me, nothing phases me. So, you can keep, come back the next game, and
0: And it's clear, you can, you can do
1: it thing. again. Yeah. Act like nobody's there. But also, we have to get our work in, too. So, when we are doing our actual physical stuff, we'll be doing you know our blocking, which is the gauntlet drill, or run them down with agility stuff like the shadow shadow blocking and the mirror drill or it's a lot of like I said beating him down because I'm trying to break him to where he knows what he needs to do now instead of saying oh I'm a catcher I I just got to go catch the ball no there's a lot more to it way more you got to catch you got to have walkouts you got to transfer you got to have good receiving you got to know all the situations you got to call a good game you got to calm your pitcher down when you need to. You're the one that's taking charge of the whole game, and it's you and your guy out there that's the pitcher that does – he does his work, and you got to help him through that work.
0: Now, I will say this, though, too. So you do that. I mean, we'd be lying if we didn't say that you didn't – you know, you worked their catchers. Mm -hmm. But every single catcher liked coming back, right? They liked coming back every single week. And another thing that I like is that you actually cared about them, and they knew that. So it wasn't like you were just beating them down and they – felt horrible about themselves, you know, but you were also like, Hey, I do it too. Like, I know it sucks and I know this is hard and I get it, but I'm here with you because I do the same stuff. And if I didn't do this stuff for myself, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And that's the one thing I like, like, like you crush them. There are days when some of these guys leave here and they're dripping sweat and they leave and they're tired and they're beaten down. But I've also seen you do sessions where you just work strictly receiving. Mm. You know where you're going on receiving with guys. So like you have a really good balance. This is one thing I like about it, is you have a really good balance between like receiving work, you know, and blocking stuff and transfer footwork and then and then the, the mental side of it. And sometimes those mental side of, of you know, practices are they're they're tough, man, and, and they're hard and I've been through them, you know, and, and but like at the end of the day, the one thing that is really cool is you crush our guys but they leave here and they like coming. Not one single guy has come and done a casting session with you and then not come back the next week and not have a smile on their face when they're here because you've also given them that idea that you care about them too, which is huge. And and you're kind of fighting together. Like, yes, I'm I'm the one that's putting you through it, but I also care about you because I know I have to do it too, right? Yeah, like
1: I went through that too, and I know where to be and where to get you to where you want to be. If you want to be a D1 athlete – I'm going to work you like a D1 athlete, even if you're 10 years old. If you want to be in the pros and you're, and you're 15, I don't care. I'm going to work you like a pro. Yep. It's the way of the road. If, you get, if you're getting taken easy all your life, and then once you hit that mark that you want to be on, you're not going to be able to make it because you're not going to be what? like, you're, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is way too much work than I usually do. I'm not going to be able to keep up with anyone. But now, since you're getting beat down and you're doing all this conditioning and all this other work, that you're going to be like, this is the easy stuff. I'm going to be the one that stands out now. I'm going to be the one that's on the field playing.
0: So it goes back to that preparation. Your preparation actually has to be harder than your competition, right? So your practice work has to be harder than your game work. So, like, when you're, when you're catching a bull, 15 bullpens a day and you're catching 400 or 500, 600 pitches, you know, and your body's gassed and you're sweating back there and your coaches have you in full gear in 110-degree weather, you've gotten three sips of water in two and a half hours – You know, then when you go outside and you're in a game, you got to catch 15 pitches in an inning and you need to go have a water break and possibly hit. Dude, that's easy, man. That's so easy, yeah. You know know what I'm saying? So, like, for a lot of these guys, like, understand, like, we're not trying to kill people. We're not trying to literally just make you hate it. But at the same time, there is a grind to it. You know, the one thing that I learned, and I actually learned this late, and this, I, I believe this is the reason why I'm in coaching and actually not playing, I truly believe this, was I had a really good work ethic, but I wasn't around professional athletes. I didn't know what a professional athlete lifestyle was. You know, like I said, when I got to college, I was in awe. I was like, whoa, six days a week? Whoa, four lifts a week? That's a minimum? Plus, I got a hit on my own and lift on my own? I'm okay with it. I'm willing to do it. I actually would be super excited to. I just didn't know this was how it went. You know, so realistically, I think the reason why at Hot Corner and you and Charlie and me and everybody else that works here, like the reason why we, I believe, help a lot of kids is because I look at every single player and I say how can I get you to the same place that I wanted to get to that I didn't know about, Mm -hmm. you know, and like listening to you talk about, you know, like we've got a a lot of young guys who have a ton of potential, you know, we could go on days on the young guys that have potential here. Uh, We've got seventh graders that are making junior varsity to eighth graders that are starting on varsity to, you know, Joe who's going to go in the top two rounds. Like we've got some guys that can play here. But the one difference is I think the reason why people come back is because whether they're in the cage with me or they're in the cage with you, they're not getting a break. They're grinding. They're literally grinding. And if they're not grinding, they're getting they're they're gonna hear about it and they're gonna know that when they come back the next time, it's gonna be just as tough because we didn't get the most out of them that we could. And the only reason why is because we we've been there now. You know, and I've learned a lot from you guys because you guys have made professional baseball. You're there, you're in that world right now. So I'm learning a lot from you guys in what that life is like. Like it it is every last bit of 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. It is every bit of that. It might even be more than that. Mm-hmm. It is every bit of when you're in rookie, advanced rookie ball, and you've got to drive 10 hours on a bus to go and play a game late at night, and then you got to get back on that bus to drive back because you got to turn around and play another game at your home stadium at 7 p.m., and, and you're playing that night, and you actually have to be ready. Yeah, dude, that's a grind.
1: Oh, you yeah. And it's so great. That bus for seven hours, and then you have to go behind the plate for a nine-inning game it's tough.
0: And that's how that's how I know that what we're doing with our athletes is positive and it's good because I think for you the one thing that you brought into us was you never had it easy. You played for coaches that were tough. You didn't get all the scholarships and the glam and the glory. You went to a junior college and you worked your butt off to get where you're at. Now you're like even when you got to pro baseball, this is what people don't get. It doesn't get easier. If anything, it gets harder. Mm-hmm. It gets way harder. You know what I mean? It takes, there's a lot of pride that goes into being able to wear a professional team's uniform. But once, you, once you're once you there, they know that that reputation can't just go away. You know, you actually have to uphold that. You know, so you might be the best catcher on your team, right? But you're an A ball. All right. Well, there's two catchers at double A and there's two catchers at triple A and there's three catchers in the big leagues. So yeah. you still have to pass up, what is that? nine uh, Seven other dudes? Mm hmm. You're just keep grinding, dude. That's it. So the reason why they make millions and millions and millions of dollars is because they've already grinded through the trenches. They've already gotten through the trenches to get where they're at. And they probably had a lot of adversity along the way. And the cool thing is, is, is you're able to kind of help our kids with that. So I think that that's huge. Now, now leading into, into this season, like I, I don't know, obviously you guys aren't, you know, we don't know if you're going to play, but let's talk about, let's talk about you for a second before we close this up. Like, do you know where you're at? Do you know like where you're starting or anything like that? Um, no, clue. They, they, they didn't really tell you guys anything at all.
1: I mean, we were we were only uh, uh, I was only a weekend, actually, and okay. it's way too early. I mean, we didn't even play a game, not even one single game. So we, we have no clue. So for all the
0: kids at home that are that are you're listening to this or they're playing video games and they're mess. Listen, I understand that you have more time. You're able to play the video. You're not in school seven hours a day. So you got an extra seven hours to do stuff. So the kids are going to play video games. What is Matt Cross doing right now to get himself ready for whenever the A's call him to go back to spring training? What are you doing daily? So like for instance I know that you said you're doing yoga, great. Like you are you hitting? Like how what are you doing to hit? Tennis balls
1: in the backyard. Tennis, Tennis balls ball. in the backyard. Yes. Mhm.
0: So a lot of kids out here are like well, I don't have access to anything. I don't I can't go to the field like I used to. I don't have a net at my house. Like all that is 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 washed. Like throw that out the window because you don't have a batting cage at your house either.
1: I don't have a bed and cage. I don't got no nets. I got tennis balls and I got a field. That's it.
0: That's it, man. So just figure it out.
1: Seriously, you got to figure it out some way.
0: If you got a small yard, buy, get some wiffle balls. You can get wiffle balls on Amazon for super cheap. Just hit wiffle balls in your backyard all day long. You can use your bat. You can use anything that you have. You just got to kind of stay up on it. And then, and then lifting-wise too, okay? So, you know, obviously Hot Corner has a performance center that you've utilized multiple times. You know, you have a, your own gym membership. You can't go there right now, right? So what are you doing physically besides yoga to actually keep your body in shape? Are you just doing push-ups and sit-ups and planks and all that stuff?
1: I'm actually, yeah. I'm, so I'll go out and, onto my street and I'll actually do lunges for about like 50 yards. And then I'll do squats, do lunges back. I actually do the stuff that I put my guys through here. And it actually, it's a good workout too. 'Cause I don't have I don't have the weights in my house either. I don't have a gym at my house and every single gym is closed. So all I can do is body stuff and I've been doing push ups, squats, lunges all outside. And also, thank God I have a brother too because I've been I've been throwing with him too out in my front yard. But if any if I didn't I'd find a piece of wood and I'd throw baseball into a piece of wood. That's yep. it.
0: And the, and the cool thing, and this is such a great learning experience, I think it's the reason why we did the podcast initially is just to kind of get people to understand, like, the determination is bigger than the situation, right? So your right. determination to can completely get better and continue to improve is way bigger than the situation that we have. 100% of people in the entire world right now are affected by this coronavirus in some way. But the people that are sitting back and they're not doing anything, guess what? When, we're, when this is lifted and you're able to go back, your preparation during this time and your determination to get better during this time is going to separate you. Oh, yeah. we, we've talked about this a thousand times. Hot Corner is doing online drill portals. We're doing certifications. We are getting ourselves systemized for when we come back, so that it's a little bit more seamless and easy. Like, if I was sitting back and I was just living the same way that we were doing before, I would get the same output as we were getting. I'm not saying it's bad, but to advance and continue to grow, we had to figure, we had to grind and figure it out. Same thing with you. Like, you you're, you're, It's, it's tough right now. You can't lift. You can't come here and hit. I can't throw BP to you. I'm not even allowed to. Right. So realistically, you're stuck, too. What are you doing? You're figuring it out. And so for all the kids at home that are listening in, whether you're nine years old, you're 18, you're in college, you're a professional athlete. Understand that Matt's figuring it out. And that's the reason why he's a professional athlete. You know, he looks at it as, all oh, you know, I'm just a minor leaguer. Yeah, because he hasn't reached his goals yet right? He's on his way to reaching his goals, but he hasn't reached them yet. So when you talk to Matt, like Matt's constantly learning and growing and adapting and figuring out a way for him to get better for himself. And, and I liked that you said, like, I'm doing the same workouts that I put my kids through. Well, great. So all the kids that already went through all these workouts at home. no, yeah, yeah, he's doing it. And he's, he's there. And he's, he's to our, from our side of things, you've made it, you're a professional athlete, you know? So, so understand that. And so for a lot of you guys, I just want you to know that, that your situation doesn't doesn't um, uh-huh. make who you are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so realistically, you know, if you have anything else to add in before we close this up, you know, obviously I just want to say that, you know, you can figure it out. You have to if you want to continue to push and get better. So um, you got anything else to add on this?
1: Uh, just got to say, stay strong. Uh, like Ron said, find a way. I mean, there's there's nothing you can do if you sit at home and do, you know, Play video games twenty four seven, or if you find excuses, excuses are the worst thing for you because then everyone you're just looking for sympathy. And what catchers can't do, they can't look for sympathy. They got to be wall, they got to be thick minded, they got to be strong, right? And then you just got to keep pushing through. That's all I got, though.
0: So. Right? No. So again, I, I appreciate you coming on here. I mean, we went through as much as we could, like what you did, youth development wise. Um, you know, you told me you were hitting five, six days a week when you were fourteen years old. Like, understand that, guys, and you love it. You didn't do it because you didn't want to, but, but Love you knew that you were playing travel baseball and there's a reputation in playing travel baseball. We need that reputation back. That reputation is gone right now. Anybody can play travel anytime. That reputation in travel baseball is a huge deal, right? So when you play travel baseball, lock in. It's the same thing in hockey around here. People don't think it's a big deal that they're on the ice six days a week, but they think it's a big deal to go and hit, hit and throw and field and, and catch five days a week. So that reputation needs to come back. Matt hit five days a week, six days a week whenever he was – 10 years old, 11, 12 years old. That's that's the reason why you're at where you're at today. So we went over that. Um, your path through pro baseball. I mean, you've been as high as high A. That's a great accomplishment for a guy that's as young as you. You're 21 years old. Um, you know, and so being in high A is actually – you're actually ahead of the curve. You know, there's a lot of people who are in rookie ball in, in short season A that are college graduates that are 23. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact that you're in high A baseball and you're 21 years old, you're ahead of that curve. You're three steps away from being a major league baseball player. You know, that, that's a that's awesome. And that gives you a lot of confidence to continue to push and keep going. Um, you know, obviously, we went over the different types of catching and what your organization does, we went over how you work with our youth athletes and what you're doing at home to kind of stay on top um, for everybody that's listening in here. Uh, like I said before, Matt was just in a, in a, a cool little article on Spectrum. Um, we actually took the video at Hot Corner before the quarantine happened. It was right when you got home from spring training, um, but right before we got put into shutdown. So it was really cool to kind of get you in here and do that with them. Uh, so anybody that is listening in on this, go ahead and listen into that two-minute, uh, you know, video and read that article because it's a really good um, lay into what you know you are and kind of what you did this offseason. Um, and anybody that has any questions about anything, please shoot us an email, give us a call. Uh, Matt has Matt's in the process of doing a hot corner catching certification. Um, which we're really excited about. There's going to be two levels to it, and we're going to kind of go into the depths of everything that we do, everything the A's do, everything that he's done his whole life, everything that he's learned from anybody else. Um, so we're going to get that going, you know, just so people who actually want to understand catching a lot more can learn that, you know, so we're in the process of that. Everybody who's interested in that, you know, please reach out. But, again, we don't know what's going to happen with minor league baseball this year. So if Matt's home, we will be training. Um, you know, you're going to be here. It's not like you're going anywhere. But But, again, I'm super, super happy that you were on here. And again, if anybody has anything, you know, please let us know. So
1: All right. Thank you, Ron. All right, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See ya.